الحمد لله الحمد لله وكفى والصلاة والسلام على عباده الذين اصطفى أما بعد فأعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم يا أيها الذين آمنوا اتقوا الله وكونوا مع الصادقين وقال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم والمهاجر من هجر ما نهى الله عنه او كما قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم most respected students of deen mothers and sisters in islam last week we had discussed the virtues of the month of muharram and some lessons that come from the occasion of ashura so just to recap mainly some of the issues the aspect of the fast of ashura we had discussed that this is a very great occasion and it is an occasion when rasulullah sallallahu alaihi himself gave much importance to it he kept fast on the 10th of muharram and then encouraged the sahaba also to fast but there was a very important lesson that came in this that to avoid the outer resemblance also with the Yahud and emulate them to avoid emulating them Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said to the Sahaba that sumu yawman qablahu aw yawman ba'da that fast on the 10th of Muharram but fast one day before or one day after as well so you would be breaking that outer resemblance also we went into some detail about this that it is a very very important lesson which we should bear in mind that as much as we can we should try to distance ourselves from the ways of the Yahud and Nasara and not emulate them in any way nevertheless the fast of Ashura in one hadith Nabi Sallallahu was asked about this fast of Ashura and he replied and said that is equivalent to the fast of one year. So one was the benefit we discussed last week, that it becomes a means of compensation of the sins of the past year. But in this particular hadith, there is an added virtue that is mentioned, that it is equivalent to the reward of fasting for one year. So this is a very great virtue, and we should therefore try, it's not farz, wajib, but we should try, and take this great benefit it is not something very difficult the days are still relatively shorter and still cool so inshallah we will comfortably manage but if somebody cannot manage it somebody finds it very difficult they are not obligated to do so we should nevertheless encourage one another whoever can manage will try and take the great benefit of this fast so this was the virtue that we had discussed, we had discussed many aspects last week regarding the fast of Muharram and the fast of Ashura, etc. And one hadith we had briefly discussed that in the hadith Sharif, Rasulullah has said, Al-Muhajiru man hajara ma nahallahu an. The aspect of the hijra had been touched on last week that the month of Muharram heralds the beginning of the new year, the Islamic year. And we talk about the new year, we talk about the Hijra calendar. 
1450 years after Hijrah. So now this new year reminds us of the Hijrat. So one is the Hijrat that the Sahaba performed from Makkah Mukarramah to Madina Munawwara and the numerous sacrifices that they underwent, the hardships that they took on without any complaint and they left their homeland, they left their wealth, they left their belongings, they left everything behind. They left their homes that they lived in for ages, their families had been living there for ages, <coughs> but everything they left behind and they migrated for Allah Tabaraka wa Ta'ala. That migration which was compulsory <coughs> from Makkah Mukarramah to Madinah Munawwara, that migration is over. But there's another migration which Rasulullah has encouraged us. That Al-Muhajiru Man Hajara Manahallahu An. That the Muhajir is somebody who forsakes that which Allah Ta'ala has forbidden. Now when this is being explained in this manner, there are many many ways in which we have been encouraged to stay away from all kinds of disobedience from Allah Ta'ala, of Allah Ta'ala. Taqwa itself is this encouragement, all the virtues of taqwa, this is what it's all about, that a person stays away from sin, stays away from the disobedience of Allah Ta'ala, then what he will gain, what are the great rewards, so that is already there. But here there is a different uh, approach to it, that the person who gives up sin, stays away from sin, such a person has been called a muhajir, what is the virtue of a muhajir? One person, one sahabi, when he had come to take bayat on the hands of Rasulullah sallallahu now he was accepting Islam and he wanted to accept Islam, so he made this request to Rasulullah sallallahu that put forward your hand so I may pledge this allegiance to you I may accept Islam and pledge this allegiance to you. So when Nabi Islam put his hand out, Sahabi retracted his own hand. Now he himself had made the request, but now that Nabi Islam had put his hand out to undertake this bayat from him, he retracted his hand. So Nabi Islam asked him that, O oh, Amr, what are you doing? Why are you retracting your hand? You yourself have made this request, now you are retracting your hand. So he said, I want to become a Muslim, but I have some condition. I got a precondition. If my condition is accepted, then I can go ahead and take this pledge, and I can become a Muslim. So this was strange. He wants to become a Muslim, but there is setting in some condition. So Rasulullah asked him, what condition? So he said that my condition is that I must be forgiven. In other words, whatever I have done in the past, there are so many problems that I have put myself into previously, but now previously there was no Iman yet. So since there was no Iman, there was no concept of what is Deen, no concept of right and wrong. And especially in the times of Jahiliyat, everything went so he said, now that I want to become a Muslim, I have understood and realized that all these vices that were committed prior to Islam, these were serious things, but what if I don't get forgiven for this? 
then I'm going to become a Muslim also and still be taken to task, I'll be destroyed. So I want this condition to be fulfilled, that I will be forgiven. Rasulullah addressed him and said, don't you know that when a person becomes a Muslim, then that acceptance of Islam, that is already such a great amal, that it wipes the slate completely clean. Any vice, any sin with regards to hukukullah, any wrong that a person did, his entering into Islam becomes a means of complete forgiveness from all those sins that he committed in the past. Because now he's becoming a Muslim, that was past, that was in the time of kufr, in jahiliyat, in shirk. The amal of Islam will wipe everything out. Yes, if a person was owing somebody money, he was owing some uh, right of somebody, that will be still to be paid, that will not get wiped out, that is a right that he will have to fulfill. But any mistakes, shortcomings, errors, wrongs he did, all that will get forgiven. Then together with that, Rasulullah said, وَأَنَّ الْهِجْرَةَ تَهْدِمُ مَا كَانَ قَبْلَهَا That hijrat, this too is such a great amal. Now the hijrat of the Sahaba, we had discussed perhaps one example of what kind of sacrifices the Sahaba had to make. So that kind of hijrat, now we're talking about where the hijrat the person has to make for the sake of Allah Ta'ala, that hijrat Nabi Islam says is such that it wipes out everything that was done before it. Again, all the hukukullah, Allah Ta'ala forgives it. But, if there is some uh, right of Allah Ta'ala in the sense of what was farz and compulsory, some salah that became qaza, that left to be made, we can't then now say, well the salah also is now wiped out, the person missed out some salah, he left to make the salah. The person didn't discharge the zakat, he left to discharge it. But other mistakes, other wrongs that a person might have got caught up into, all that gets forgiven and wiped out. This is how great this hijrat is. So a muhajir, a muhajir is a very great personality. The muhajir has a very great position and status. And in this particular hadith sharif, Rasulullah sallallahu is saying that Al-Muhajir, the real Muhajir, is the person who has given and forsaken, given up sin. Now, every person has that opportunity to become a real Muhajir and have this high position and status that Allah Ta'ala has given the Muhajirin. And what is the process? Give up sin. Now, Many a times these things are just like theories for us. We hear them, we've heard a theory, we've heard some concept. But has that concept got any practical expression in our life? Very often not. We listen to it and that's where we leave it. Why does this happen? Sometimes it is because we never even had the intention of making amal on what we will learn. So due to the intention being absent, there wasn't even an intention to make amal, then a person goes on listening to many many things, but the tawfiq of amal doesn't come. Because that intention is not even there. 
So the first step to try and bring that tawfiq, that too is missing. So we have deprived ourselves of that tawfiq from Allah Ta'ala. Because this is a system in dunya that yahdi ilayhi may yunib. Allah Ta'ala guides those who show that inclination for hidayat. That's step one. And then together with that step one, وَالَّذِينَ جَاهَدُوا فِينَا لَنَهْدِيَنَّهُمْ سُبُولَنَا Those who will strive in our path, we will open up the pathways of hidayat for them. So now the inclination starts off with the niyad. So did we make the niyad that yes, I want to make amal, I want to become that muhajir. If you make that niyad, Allah Ta'ala will open the doors for it. We have to then just make some effort as well. So, this should not just be a theory that the muhajir is somebody who has forsaken uh, what Allah Ta'ala has forbidden. Now we need to give this practical expression. And every one of us will find, if we look deep down within ourselves, that there is something or the other that we have to leave out now. Some of us might have many things we need to leave out. Some might have less. But nobody is free of mistakes, of faults, of deficiencies. We all have some issue, something or the other. Sometimes it is a, an external issue. Sometimes it is an internal issue. Allah forbid somebody might be caught up in looking at some haram. It's a very serious problem, very serious crime. It's something to forsake immediately, to make sincere toba, to stop destroying the heart by this evil, by this wrong, this filth. Because this then destroys everything. Somebody might be caught up in listening to some evil, listening to wrong, listening to music, listening to other things. So that has to be forsaken. Somebody might be caught up in some other external sins. So all these external sins, that too is required. To forsake this is required. But then there are internal sins as well. That too we must forsake. For example, if there's hasad in the heart. Now we are looking at the ni'mats and bounties that Allah Ta'ala has blessed somebody else. Whether these are worldly and material bounties, or whether it is the bounties of deen. But to now wish ill for the person, and wish that this is destroyed, this is not preserved, that is a very serious malady. That is hasad. And the muhajir is somebody that cleans his heart out of hasad as well. He won't keep the hasad in his heart. He won't be jealous over anybody. And he will understand full well, and he will acknowledge and submit to it, that whatever anybody has, this has come from Allah Ta'ala alone. Allah Ta'ala has blessed the person with that bounty. So I should be happy for it. I should be making more dua for the person as well, that Allah Ta'ala increase him in that bounty. Allah Ta'ala increase him in that material benefits that he has. Allah Ta'ala increase him in the dini benefit he has. The topic of deen that Allah Ta'ala has blessed him with. Whatever good Allah Ta'ala is enabling the person to do, Allah Ta'ala must make that happen even more. Increase that. We should take the person's name and make dua for them. Especially if we detect some dirt in our heart for anybody. We should take the person's name and repeatedly make dua for them. We feel some kind of negativity regarding somebody. And sometimes 
we are wishing that something goes wrong for the person. That is a very dangerous thing. We should be then taking the person's name and making dua. Ya Allah, increase this bounty for him. Increase the good you have showed on him. Use the person even more for the good that you are taking from him. So, that will clean out the heart of this major malady. So, we should clean the heart out of this, of this aspect of uh, hasad, likewise pride. Now, these are all problems as well, serious problems, problems of the heart. So, many a times we hear these kind of uh, discussions that we have to give up sin. Now, we are discussing the Hadith Sharif, the true muhajir is somebody who gives up what Allah has forbidden. So now our mind runs into all the external sins only and we then start ticking off, so to say, the boxes, well, I'm not involved in this, I'm not involved in this, I'm not involved in this, so fine, I'm I'm okay. I don't uh, take any kind of intoxicants, I'm not uh, involved in any kind of illicit activity, I'm not doing this or that, so I'm fine, i got nothing else to worry about. Whereas if we look within ourselves, we'll find a lot of things to worry about. We'll find sometimes the pride is very deep down. And we need to now cleanse ourselves of this pride. Because this is an atom bomb within us. And that manifests itself. You'll find the signs of that pride in how we react to situations. Our parents give us some instruction. And what is the reaction? And how we are speaking to them then, what kind of backchatting happens, that stems from that pride. Now, they are parents, we are supposed to be humble in front of them, but the manner in which we react, that reaction stems out of pride. Likewise, with our teachers, our mallimas, with other seniors, sometimes we are being given a task to do, some instruction we are being given, or maybe even being reprimanded for some mistake we made, some wrong we've done. But the reaction is very negative sometimes. That negative reaction stems from pride. That a person now shows an attitude, the person pulls up one's face and makes a very, uh, gives a very, very negative uh, f- reaction to it. Yes, Sometimes it can be that the teacher has erred also in reprimanding somebody because it wasn't their mistake. But that mistake of the teacher is not a license to become rude, to become arrogant, to become proud. We should still be humble and accept that we too can make mistakes. So therefore, we should be accommodating, especially for our seniors. So in any case, just as we have to give up the external sins, we have to give up hasad as well. So we must forsake that hasad, we will become muhajirs in that regard. We must forsake the pride and clean our hearts out of the pride. We will become muhajir from the pride. We must clean our hearts out from the love of the ego. I am somebody, I am something, I should be given that recognition. I must be given that special treatment. And if somebody doesn't give me the kind of treatment that I feel I deserve, then I will become upset. I will be within myself angry about it, even if I might just pretend to be fine. But now there's that anger coming inside. And that anger inside then turns into malice. 
And now that malice is being displayed in different ways. We are wishing ill for the person. We are trying to harm him in some way or the other. Or we'll at least uh, try to vent that anger by making ghibat about the person somewhere. So something or the other that malice will vent itself in. Now this too is a serious malady from within us. And well, muhajiru man hajaraman hallahu an. The muhajir is the person who forsakes what Allah has forbidden. So we have to clean our heart out of this malice as well. Now, this is the occasion. The strength of Muharram is right here now, almost. And on that day when we sit and look within ourselves, that have I cleansed myself out from the emulation of the Yahud and Nasara. And likewise, this is the new Islamic calendar, the new year of the Islamic calendar. So, am I also among those who have made hijrat? Have I made hijrat from all the sins? Have I given up that pride, that arrogance, that malice, that jealousy? Likewise, there's so many other things. Badgumani, like wishing or rather harboring suspicions about others, baseless suspicions. And often these baseless suspicions all run off something or the other, social media, or somebody made one comment somewhere, our mind is running somewhere else, or whatever other issues there are sometimes, and our mind just goes into jumping into conclusions um, about people, about things, whereas those things are baseless. So this is a very, very dangerous thing. We harbor sometimes ill feelings, suspicions about our teachers. Our Sheikh Hazrat Mawashah Hakim Mudakhtar Sahib, when he was in South Africa, one of the trips that he had come, so one of the very close people to him, they were in a car traveling somewhere, here in South Africa, in Durban, and he just asked a general question first. The general question he just asked first, that if one has some badgubani about somebody, in his heart there is some dirt about someone, he's thinking, having some suspicion about someone, that this person is not uh, my well-wisher, for example, or this person something, whatever, some negative, this person is uh, doing something wrong, or treating me in a wrong way, deliberately, whatever the case is. So he asked now this question that if a person has his badgubani for somebody, what must he do? So now this person was very close to Azad. So Azad asked him that are you referring to badgubani of one's sheikh, one spiritual guide? So he said, no, 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 definitely not. I'm not referring to that. So he said, then you must be, you must learn the etiquette of speaking also. Now this is how the mashayikh and the ahlullah they train people. That now this person said something, but he asked a general question. But now that general question could mean that maybe he's having some waswasa about badgumani even for his own sheikh. So now when he asked that question, okay, he's asking the question for ilaj. He's asking the question of how to clear this out of his mind. But then he's going to create a doubt. One is not to have that badgumani, so fine, if that badgubani comes, you will now dispel it. But you shouldn't even do something that creates that badgumani. Now the sheikh will dispel it, but you put him through that effort of now dispelling it, that he might think for that moment, that perhaps this person is having badgumani about his own sheikh, who is the sheikh himself now, who is talking to the murid and is training him. So, Hazrat Rahmatullah is saying to him, you must learn the etiquette of speaking. You should say that, look, uh, 
if a person has a general regarding some other person, his contemporary or whatever, his co, uh, his fellow student, so he, now it will dispel that thought that could come in the mind that maybe this person has got some badgumani about his own sheikh. Or you should start off by saying, that, Alhamdulillah, my heart is completely clear about any badgumani for my seniors, but if one's contemporaries, sometimes some badgumani comes, so now it will keep the heart clear. Now actually, this became the point then of Hazrat saying something further. He said a person who harbors badgumani suspicions about his own teachers, his seniors, he'll never benefit from them. How is he going to benefit from somebody regarding whom he has this badgumani, this ill thoughts, this suspicions? This is a barrier. This is like having built a wall between oneself and one's seniors. That flow of benefit cannot then come. Now, the person is harboring that badgumani. Maybe this wasn't done in my best interests. Maybe this was actually done to favor somebody else. Maybe this was done uh, actually because uh, I am progressing now and the teacher wants somebody else to progress. So therefore, this person is being put down. I am being put down. That person is being put forward. Now, this is badgumani. This is all just harboring suspicions, harboring ill thoughts, baseless ill thoughts because we have no idea about the intentions of a person the intentions are in the heart of that person we haven't seen it and that is why that hadith which we discussed many times where one person one sahabi somebody had just in the midst of the battlefield he recited la ilaha illallah as the sword was just hanging over his head and as the sword is coming towards him he said la ilaha illallah but the sahabi thought that he is just now trying to save his life. He is not sincerely saying La ilaha illallah. So he still beheaded him. Because the sword was already in motion. And in that 11th hour this person recited the kalima. That sahabi beheaded him. But when Nabi Islam got to know about this later, he was very upset. So the sahabi tried to uh, present his reason or an excuse that why did I do this was that it was already the sword was in motion. And at that moment, this person is writing La ilaha illallah. So he merely said it to just save his life. So Rasulullah said to him, Why didn't you go and open his heart out to see whether he said it sincerely or he said it merely to save his life? You should have gone and split his heart open first and look into his heart. Now what will be the case if somebody goes and actually cuts open someone's heart? Will he see inside there anything? In terms of the person's intention, he can't see it. That is not something that's visible to the eye. What was the lesson in this is, that when the intention and whether a person was sincere or not, is something you cannot find out in any way. Even if you have to cut his heart open, you will not know that. Only Allah Ta'ala knows that. Then how can you pass judgment on his sincerity? That he was sincere or not sincere? You will have to take it on face value, that he recited La ilaha illallah, so therefore, this is something that is genuine, you will have to accept that iman of his, that he is a Muslim now, and deal with him as a Muslim. So likewise, whatever was done, apparently, we might think it was done for something else, some other motive, some other purpose, but that's a very dangerous thing if we harbor that in our minds. One is a waswasa of shaitan, we immediately make istighfar on it la hawla wa la quwwata illa billah we dispel the thought that badgumani is gone 
then we are not accountable for that involuntary thought. But we harbor that, we start actually feeling about it, we start sometimes commenting to our classmates maybe, to others, yeah, that's why the Appa did this, because she's favoring so and so. Do we have any kind of intention, uh, the, the proof of the intention? Do we have any uh, evidence that we can prove on the day of Qiyamat, that this person did this to favor so and so, and to put me down, also that I may not really progress the way that person is progressing now, Zubillah. These are all severe thoughts. And they can become a major barrier. So, Hazrat he told this murid as a lesson, that okay, your problem is something else, you don't have any badgumani for the sheikh, but if this is the case, then remember there will be no benefit will come to you. So now the sheikh, likewise will be the ustad, the muallima, the teachers who teach us deen, all will follow on the same note. So the same lesson will apply here. So those we are learning deen from, we are going to be having ill thoughts about them in our hearts, we are going to be harboring suspicions about them. How are we going to be receiving the nur of ilm then? How are we going to be receiving the knowledge of deen? That will be blocked off. No benefit will come. We might get some theory. We'll get some words. But the nur of ilm won't come. For the nur of ilm to come, we need to have a clear heart. So, this too is part of that وَالْمُحَاجِرُ مَنْ هَجَرَ مَانَهَ اللَّهُ That the muhajir is the one who forsakes what Allah Ta'ala has forbidden. So we need to have our hearts clear and clean in that regard as well. So in this way, when we will conduct ourselves, that we forsake all the sin, all these external sins, all the internal sins. Then, and this is what Allah Ta'ala wants from us, وَذَرُوا ظَاهِرَ الْإِثْنِ وَبَاطِنَا In the Quran, Allah Ta'ala says, forsake the external sins and the internal sins. So all this we have to clean and clear our hearts out of. So especially these become occasions for us to stop and reflect. Actually, these are things for every day in our life. These lessons are not uh, applicable only on the 10th of Muharram. These are lessons for every day. But these occasions just become an opportunity for us to reflect a bit more deeply and to take stock of ourselves and to see what's going on within ourselves what's going on externally, what's going on internally, and to now make that istighfar, that sincere toba, give up the wrongs, get back onto deen in entirety, and cleanse our hearts out of all the maladies and all the evils. There is no button that we can just press and it will be done. There is a process. So now we need to start that process. That start that process, there is many details behind how that process is undertaken. Our Maldimas will discuss this with us as well. But this is a process. And inshallah on some further occasion we will maybe deal with this. We have dealt with it previously. So at least this much of a start we can make is to make that firm, determined, uh, that, that decision, that determination and that decision that I want to cleanse my heart out of all the maladies. I want to be somebody who is doing what Allah Ta'ala wants from me. I want to give up all the external sins, all the internal sins. And the starting point is today I am making sincere tawbah from all this wrong. And now inshallah I will move forward in a way that I earn the pleasure of Allah Ta'ala inshallah. May Allah Ta'ala accept the efforts and sacrifices of one and all. Allah Ta'ala give us the tawfiq of fasting also on these Mubarak days and whatever other amal we can do. And mainly 
together with all this, to take the lessons that we are given in these a'mal uh, and in these occasions. Allah Ta'ala give us the tawfiq for all this. وَآخِرُ دَعْوَانَا عَنِ الْحَمْدُ لِلَّهِ رَبِّ الْعَالَمِينَ اللهم لك الحمد كله ولك الشكر كله اللهم لا نحصي ثناء عليك أنت كما أثنيت على نفسك جزا الله عنا نبينا محمدا صلى الله عليه وسلم بما هو أهله ربنا ظلمنا أنفسنا وإن لم تخفل لنا وترحمنا لنكونن من الخاسرين اللهم افتح لنا بالخير واختم لنا بالخير وجعل عاقب أمورنا بالخير بيدك الخير إنك على كل شيء قدير ربنا هب لنا من أزواجنا وذرياتنا قرة أعين وجعلنا للمتقين إماما ربنا فاغفر لنا ذنوبنا وكفر عنا سيئاتنا وتوفنا مع الأبرار ربنا وآتنا ما وعدتنا على رسلك ولا تخزنا يوم القيامة إنك لا تخلف الميعاد اللهم إنا نسألك من خير ما سألك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم ونعوذ بك من شر ما استعاذك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم أنت المستعان وعليك البلاغ ولا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله العلي العظيم وصلى الله تعالى على خير خلقه سيدنا محمد وآله وصحبه المعين والحمد لله رب العالمين